Bibles to Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. If you have the Bible app, you can open that now as well and have the scripture there. Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. As we're turning there, we are beginning a new series today uh, that I'm really excited about. We're going to be talking about grace and what is grace and what does it look like and how do we experience it. And it is our common common denominator today. It is the one thing that ties us all, unites us all together, uh, because everyone in here has been touched by grace one way or another, and we will be talking about that. Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, say amen when you're there. It says, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ. Paul is writing, by the way, to a church in Galatia. Um, it would be like him writing a letter to Beltonians, I guess. Uh, <laughs> the first epistle of Beltonians. How would that be? So he's writing to a group of new converts, a group of new believers. He's addressing, as we're about to read, um, that since they've believed in Jesus Christ as God's only son, they have very quickly turned away from the truth that they discover. And the enemy has sent people within their ranks to deceive them and to distort the gospel and the truth of Jesus Christ, to preach them basically a whole new gospel, something all new to them. And so he's addressing that here. You need to understand that as we read this, who he's talking to, why he's telling them this. Because after we just got through studying the book of Acts, and as we move out of the book of Acts, talking about the early church, how quickly the enemy began to work to counteract, to to try to distort what God does. Isn't that amazing that you can come to church on a Sunday morning, feel the presence of God, hear God's voice, have him speak to you, have an experience in your chair or at the altar, go out in your car and begin fighting with your wife or your husband or your children. Or immediately when you wake up Monday and you head to work, the enemy is pounding you uh, with gale force type wind at your heart and your soul to try to rob from you the very thing that God deposited into you. Am I talking to anyone today? Shout amen. Amen. And so that's what's happening here. God has already moved on the early church. He's already moved to this, this group of people in Galatia in this Roman empire, in this Roman city. And so Paul's writing to them and he tells him, I, Paul, an apostle, not sent for men. This is important because Paul, if anybody who used to be, who? Saul. If we know our Bible history, Paul used to be known by another name, Saul. And this guy, Saul, who is now Paul, was one of the smartest people on the planet in terms of Jewish culture and Jewish knowledge. He had been schooled at the best schools, if you will, the Harvard of this time. And he, he knew everything that he was supposed to know in his head about God, but didn't know in his heart about God. And he's telling them this, that this is important. He's saying, what I'm about to say to you was nothing that any, any man has revealed to me. What I'm about to tell you, no man on this planet whispered into my ear. I didn't read it from a book. This is straight from God. Look at your neighbor and say, you might want to pay attention. No, no, that was pretty pedestrian. Look at your neighbor and say, you might want to pay attention. 
Because this is from God. Okay. And so Paul is saying, not sent from men, nor through the agency of man, not like through the Assemblies of God or Baptist or Methodist or anybody else, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is back then their way of saying, what's up, my friend? What's up, brother? What's up? That's how they greeted one another. Today, we're like, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? High five, you know. Um, you know, give, give each other that, you know, how guys do that. Pastor Cameron's got big old hands, long arms. What's up, brother? What's up, man? How you doing? All right. This is their way of saying that. It was much longer than what's up, brother. It was grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. This is, so we shortened our greeting. Amen. God, somebody say amen for that. Well, that would take forever to greet everybody. When can you imagine me on a Sunday morning? Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. Now I can just be like, what's up, brother? And we can move on. So this is equivalent of their greeting. And he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. Who gave himself for our sins. Somebody shout amen. That he might deliver us out of this present evil age according to the will of our God and our Father. To whom be the glory forever. Amen. Verse 6. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him. He says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting Jesus. I'm amazed. I'm shocked. I'm bewildered. I'm, I'm amazed that you're so quickly deserting Jesus. Jesus. You're deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Someone say different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even though we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed, exclamation mark. Let him be accursed. As we have said before, so I say again, now if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to that which you received, let him be, what does it say? Let him be cursed. A curse. Let him be cursed. Paul begins to talk about the perversion of the gospel. In verse 6, let's go back there. He says, I am amazed. He says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Let's leave that up there for a second. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him. When I think about deserting, I don't think about desert, although I am now. But I think about, I think about a term that is used among military ranks, in, and it's called AWOL. Now, those that have served in the military, you're currently serving. Um, you know, you may have heard that term. Has anyone heard that term before? He or she has gone AWOL, right? And, 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 and sometimes we use that term in, in our culture as well, you know, outside of the military. Maybe you're talking about someone who's mentally gone AWOL, socially AWOL. Uh, you know, they're just, they've gone AWOL. They've gone missing. They, they're deserters. They've deserted their call. Let me read to you the definition of a deserter. It's to leave without intending to return. It's to leave, especially in violation of a duty or a promise. So it's to leave without intending to return, especially in violation of a duty or promise. Now, let's go back to verse 6, if we can, real quick, as it comes on the screen. He says, I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting. 
You are so quickly leaving. You're so quickly fleeing. You're so quickly deserting the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm amazed that you so quickly have abandoned this ship for a whole other ship. How else do you expect to get to heaven except by the grace of God? What is so amazing about grace, sir, ma'am? Let me tell you what's so amazing about grace. Have you thought about who you are for just one second? It's pretty amazing that God would send his son for you. That's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing that he would send his son to die for me. What's so amazing about grace? It's so amazing that God would send his son to die for us. That's pretty amazing because we're pretty stinky. Now, you might be sitting there saying, Pastor, I put put deodorant on. Now, I spent a week at camp with a bunch of teenage boys. I know what stinky is. (laughs) And it's not that kind of stinky. But your spirit is a little foul. Your emotions are a little foul. And so he says, I'm so amazed that you're so quickly deserting the gospel of grace. How else do we expect to get to heaven without the grace of God? How else are we forgiven, church, but through the grace of Jesus Christ? That is a beautiful thing, the grace of God. The fact that God loves us enough that the blood of his son covers us and everything that we did the nastiness, the depravity, the ugliness of our sin, how it stunk before God, that instantly it is wiped away. Can someone just shout and give God a praise for that? Amen? Come on, somebody. The fact that God loves us enough that when we're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, he says he remembers our sins no more. That's what's so amazing about grace. You can't buy it. You can't do enough to earn it. You can't congratulate yourself enough that you've served enough that you serve in kids ministry. And I served at Body of Christ and I helped someone build a house and I helped my neighbor move and I helped my brother-in-law move or maybe helped your mother-in-law. Man, that alone should get me into heaven. You can laugh there. It's okay. My mother-in-law's not here today. She's out of town. So she didn't listen to the podcast anyway. So anyway, but, but, oh, Pastor Matt, I'm a good person. Man, I, I, I've helped a lot of people. You know, I've given to United Way and in every, every December when the Red Cross is out there and they're, you know, they're jingling their bells. Man, every time I come out of the store, I give my spare change. I'm a good person. I'd give the shirt off my back to someone. Please keep your shirt on. Nobody wants you to take your shirt off and give it. You, you, why don't you go out and buy them another shirt? Amen? <laughs> Keep your shirt on. Um, I'm a good person. I, I'm, a, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I'm a good, I'm a good man. I'm a good woman. I'm a good person. Really? Are you really that good? Are you really that great? Who is that good? I don't know anybody that good, and I know a lot of people. I got like over a 1,000 friends on Facebook. And I got to tell you right now, none of them, and a bunch of them are you, are that good, including me. We are not that good. In fact, Mark 10 says, Jesus looked at them and said, why are you calling me good? There is none that is good except God. Now, even Jesus said that. So if Jesus, who went to the cross, is saying, look, I'm not good, you're not good, none of us are good except God. 
So congratulations that you have volunteered. Thank you. Here's an award. You volunteered. Thank you for tithing to your church. High five. Thank you for that. We appreciate that. Thank you that you serve in kids ministry. Thank you that you give to the Red Cross. Thank you that you give to United Way. Thank you that you give to Helping Hands. Thank you that you did this. I'm so glad you went on a missions trip, but none of that grants you access into the kingdom of God. The only way that you and I get to spend eternity is because of the blood of Jesus Christ and the grace of God. The grace of God. God's amazing grace that he loves a bunch of sinners enough to send his spotless son, his spotless lamb to an old wooden cross to die for a bunch of people that didn't deserve it. In fact, we could all be labeled deserters. How quickly we desert the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wonder if there are moments where God looks at us and says, I'm amazed at how quickly you have deserted me for another gospel. Now, there is an elephant in the room that I need to speak to. This week, our Supreme Court said that same-sex marriage is going to happen in every state here in the U.S. Now, Politics aside, I believe that that should be every state should decide what that state wants to do, but that's for another topic and another time. What I want to address is the issue of grace in this matter. Can you set aside your beliefs for a second and hear your pastor's heart? If you can't, say amen. All right. I feel like I need to offer some direction because I've kind of been watching some of the posts on Facebook uh, not just from our church members, but from a lot of people that I know. And quite honestly, I've been a little disgusted with people who call themselves Christians. If I'm just being truthful and honest with you. If you'll notice, I haven't posted anything about this because I've been waiting for this moment because it's going to be recorded on podcast and you can play it over and over and over again if you want. I, along with you, share your beliefs that this violates God's word. Absolutely. You know where I stand. I make no bones about it. That, that two men, two women marrying each other goes against God's word. Comma. However, God is as equally disgusted with the person who gossips. He is equally as disgusted as a person who has a habit of lying. He is as equally disgusted with the alcoholic, the man who is addicted to pornography, and on and on and on. We as believers have this weird habit that we like to hang our hat on big things. We just do. We just do. When a Christian movie comes out, oh, you got to go see this movie. It's a Christian movie. We got to support Christian movies. Well, you also support other movies that you pay to go see. Do you hear my heart today? And so, what we have to be careful about as Christians, as the Church of Jesus Christ in this century, is that our prayer is that God would remove us from the situation, and that's not God's will at all. He says, I want you smack dab in the middle of all the dirt and all the filth. How else are, come on, give God a praise. How else are people supposed to get clean if I remove the soap from them? Come on, somebody. So he says, I'm going to leave you right in the middle of all of it. And if you are a Christian, you get your hands dirty. If your hands aren't dirty, friend, the truth is you're not sharing the gospel with anybody. 
Because the last time I checked, Jesus did most of his stuff outside of the temple and on the streets. That's where he was, right in the middle. And it wasn't the prostitute that sent him to the cross. It wasn't. It wasn't. She was there to grab his body the day after they, three days after they put him in the grave. Read your word. It, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't the tax collector. It wasn't the people that we think would send him to the cross. It was the religious people that sent him to the cross. So we have to be careful that with these social hot-button issues, not just with homosexuality, but with racial tension in America, we as the church have the most beautiful answer of all, and that is the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. And that God, that, that, that I want to use another military term here if I can, that we are the tip of the spear, that we are on the front lines of this, that we as a church of Jesus Christ should be dealing with this stuff head on. The enemy loves it when the church of Jesus Christ takes sides, the wrong side, and we look across the street, we say, oh, look at that sinner. Look at him. Let me tell you what the word of God says, friend, blah, 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 blah. And we're just as big as sinners as they are. May I remind us all that we have all been touched by grace, that you don't deserve it and that I don't deserve it. And it's not an issue of if we deserve it or not, but God says, I loved you enough that I'm sending my son for everybody. Look at your neighbor and say, it's for everybody. Yeah, yeah, look at your other neighbor and say, you're not the judge. Mm-hmm. You're not to judge me. In fact, Jesus took it a step further. He says, you can't see the speck in your brother's eye because you got a two by four sticking out of your eye. So he says, pick up the stone then and throw it if you think you're so clean. And, and, and what did the most, probably the most beautiful sound that we never get to hear, but that someday I want to look at this woman that was caught in the act of adultery when I get to heaven. I want to say, what was, what was the sound like when the stones started dropping from their hands? Boom, boom, boom. You know, they had stones in their hands. And Jesus says, okay, you have no sin, cast the first stone. Boom, boom, boom. What the, what that has to that woman, that had to be the most beautiful sound she had ever heard. That the stones started dropping from their hands. And they began to hit the ground. Because Jesus realized that we all have something in common. That it's the grace of God that saves us all. And that grace is for everybody. You don't own it. I don't own it. God is the one that owns it. And he gives it to everybody. And it's not up to us to say, you get it, but you don't. And you don't, but you do. And you do, and you do, but she doesn't. And he does, but he doesn't, and she does. No, no, no. Jesus says that grace is for everybody that wants it. Anybody that wants it can have it. And it doesn't matter who you were or what you did. I'll forgive you for it because it's for everybody. But the devil has inserted himself into every church almost, it seems like, across America. And he's pulling us and he's telling us, oh, you know what? They don't deserve grace. He doesn't deserve grace. You should call that out. You should call that out. No, no, no. Let's let the Holy Spirit do the calling out. Let's be here with open arms that when he calls them out, we can accept them and say, you are welcome into the family of God. The truth is, if a bum were to truly walk into this 
into this church or, or someone who's homeless and they stink and they smell, would we really accept them? Or what if a prostitute who's been working all night were to feel the call of God and she walked in with a short skirt and a little cleavage? Would we say, ma'am, you got to cover up before you come in here? Or would we say, we have a Jesus just for you and grace is for you? Come on, somebody. That's the truth. And so from this pulpit and from this church, we're going to say that anybody that wants grace, it is for you. Now, the other side of that coin is we're not going to tolerate a double life. Not from anybody. Not from anybody. Not from my elders, the six men at the highest level of leadership that are in this room today. We check each other every meeting. How are you doing? How's your walk with God? Isn't that right, Noah? Before we leave, I make them look me in the eyes. Are you good? Are you good? Are you good? Are you good? Because we're not fit to lead this church if we're not in line with God's word ourselves. At the highest level of this church, we're walking the life as best as we can. Do we mess up? Sure. Do we fall short of God's glory? Sure. But guess what? Every time the grace of God is there to pick me back up. So I'm saying grace is for everybody. But once you receive that grace, we're going to hold you accountable to God's word. That's everybody. Everybody. The gossiper, the liar, whoever it is. Amen? God's grace is a powerful thing. It rescues us. It saves us. It frees us from our sin. Look at your neighbor and say, you're free. I want to close with this. You know, grace is not your get-out-of-jail, get-out-of-hell card. (laughs) It's not your license to sin at will because you know you are forgiven. See, Paul addressed this to the early church as well. They had found grace. They were so they were so caught up in grace to say, he says, grace is not there so that you can keep on sinning and keep on sinning. That's not what grace is about. You you are misunderstanding grace if you think that you get to go sin and live how you want to live, and then then God's going to forgive you. You you misunderstand grace altogether. That's not what grace is about. Grace is about someone who truly, truly wants to repent and be free from their old life. That's what grace is about. Not someone who wants to have one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world and say, oh, I want to ride the fence. I want to live, be able to live both ways and both lives. That's not what it is. God's grace is, it's his unmerited favor, meaning there's nothing we can do to earn God's grace. There's nothing, it's, it's, his, highest, it's his highest expression of his love and his loyalty towards you and to me. God's grace is, it's his highest expression of his love and his loyalty to us. That's, that's what God's grace is. It's his highest form of expression. It's what Jesus did on the cross when he stretched out his arms. That was God's grace saying, here, here's how much I love you. Let me show you how much I love you. That's a big deal. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a big deal. God's grace is powerful. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. And you don't have to be in church to find his grace. You can be in your car stuck in traffic and find his grace. Amen. You can be in your shower at home. You can be in your cubicle at work. Men in the military, women in the military, you can be out in the field and find God. His grace is everywhere that you want to find it. I don't own it. I don't keep it here under lock and key. I can't. His grace is for everybody. And when we call on
on the name of the Lord, the Bible says that we're saved. We're free. And I ask you this question all the time. How free do you really want to be? How free do you really want to be? Do you just want to be a little free? Or do you want to be free from everything? Would you stand your feet all across this place? God, we thank you for today. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed. You know, nothing magical happens when we do that. It's it's just a great common way for us to come together in this moment. Romans 5.20 says, The law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Verse 21, So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Here's the deal, church. I know I had you bow your heads, close your eyes, but if you would look at me just for a moment before we go back into that moment. Bible tells us that this world, men, women will become lovers of themselves. That's going to happen. This should not surprise us that God's word is coming to pass. But he says, where, where there is sin, my grace is twice as much, right? It abounds that much more, that, that there's not so much sin that my grace still can't cover all of it. Amen. So when the devil thinks he's women, winning, God says, all right, let me just send a wave of my grace right into that place. Let me send a wave of my grace. I truly believe that even as America falls away, we're still going to see the greatest revival in this nation that we've ever seen. Amen. I believe it with all my heart. I believe it with all my heart that God is going to say, you know what? I see America falling away. I see America pulling itself away from me, but I love America enough to send a wave of grace from sea to sea, from one side, from the East Coast to the West Coast. As the sun rises and sets, I'm going to send my grace across and people in numbers that we've never seen before are going to be saved. People delivered that we thought would never be delivered. The person you thought that could never be saved, I promise you that's when they're going to get saved. A wave of God's grace. Amen. God's grace. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If you're here today, say, Pastor Matt, I need to know God's grace. I need to know one more time that I'm forgiven. Maybe earlier you didn't respond when I asked you to respond. But you know what? Thank God for second chances third chances, and fourth, and fifth, and so on. I say, Pastor Matt, I need his grace. I need to be forgiven. I need to know that I'm forgiven. That's you, if you just raise your hand right where you're at.
that's happened to us, and we want everyone to know him as we do. And you're praying for someone. It could be a family member, a, a, a co-worker, a boss. I mean, fill in the blank. They say, Pastor Matt, I, I, I'm raising my hand right now because, because I want someone in my life to experience the grace that, that I've experienced. That's you. Would you? Yeah, hands up all across this place. sins. I want to be free today like I've never been free before. 